Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, been thinking about Q this week. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, seriously though, I have been thinking about you and about Q. Um, what I want to share with you today comes uh, from my heart. Not that other messages that I bring to you don't come from my heart, but some things just come from a, a slightly deeper place, from a different recess of the soul that um, is seeking to find expression for itself. And uh, and that's today. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, uh, hopefully you are, hero to zero. I'm back again. I, I, uh, I probably remember that best from the uh, animated Disney movie Hercules. But uh, that phrase is not exclusive to uh, to that movie. There's also another one you might be familiar with. He, she, they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, much like Liverpool uh, versus Arsenal in uh, on the last day of the regular season, 26th of May 1989, when uh, Arsenal needed to win by two clear goals to snatch the um, first division championship from from the uh, from the hands of Liverpool and it was 1-0 until the last minute of extra time and then um, uh, Arsenal scored and Liverpool snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I mentioned that just uh, just to bless Steve Devil today. Uh, well I've got another one for you uh, today. What happens when you go from purpose to pointless? I think it's an experience that all of us have encountered at some stage in our life and uh, for some it's maybe a recurring theme. Um, and why why is it that, that something that seemed to hold so much purpose uh, suddenly or now seems pointless? Well, uh, maybe it needs to. Maybe there are some things that were saturated with with purpose, maybe that were not always pointless, but but even though they were saturated with purpose at one time, maybe they need to be pointless now. Maybe maybe it's impossible for us to ever move forward in life and move on in life, and uh, until some things that that at one time were full of purpose now now become pointless to us. Nothing can ever change unless unless that happens. That doesn't devalue uh, what was once. Uh, purpose to us but what it does say is that if that's now become pointless it may be so for a reason maybe maybe there is a challenge here to grab something greater there's a ancient writing called the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible in the Old Testament and uh, it is written by or about or for uh, a guy called Solomon this ancient king who who was known as an extremely wise king and yet uh, he launches out in the very first three verses of the book of Ecclesiastes 
by saying, and it's a term, the term in, in the old King James was vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And, and uh, that's not a bad word because I think as I look around at some things, I can see that they are driven by incredible vanity. Uh, but it's translated another way in 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 some uh, in in some uh, Bibles, which is uh, meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. So here's this guy who, uh, with tremendous wisdom, seeming seemingly having a driving purpose in life, has reached a point where he's now saying meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. I, I think I think this journey that I am raising today affects far more people than than we often realize and of course it, it is at the root of much mental health uh, and suicide and those kind of anxieties that we find anxiety as well is another thing that's produced from this in its own right uh, in that sense of we have gone from purpose to pointless and um, uh, uh, dealing with this is not actually easy because uh, it takes a it, it takes some courage and it takes a decisiveness if we are going to change the idea. But but what I want to get through to you is that you're not the only one. Uh, you're looking at someone here who wrestles with that uh, for great parts of my life, uh, going from purpose to pointless. Um, and um, uh, I I came across something in a um, in a uh, um, an internet post on a website of a of a church organization some years ago which really stirred something in me um, and here's what it says what would happen if you dared now I'm gonna stop right there for a moment uh, because I think that's a powerful statement what would happen if you dared see see the problem with most of us is the dare has gone out of us we we live in a risk averse society which i think is unhelpful and unhealthy um i actually think all the antibacterial soaps and wipes and all the other stuff we've done uh is is part of the reason why we uh are in a pandemic of 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 um allergies uh, how somehow we just do not have the resistance to things that, that at one time we may have done and now create an allergic reaction. I often tell people, um, you know, our, our great uh, uh, allergy reducing strategy of our parents was we were allowed to eat soil. Uh, we were allowed to play around drains in the street. And um, I think I think that helped to build up a certain level of immunity. Um, also, you know, we didn't wear cycle helmets. We we could climb trees. We had concrete under the under the park swings, uh, not bouncy rubber. And uh, I have more scars in my head than 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 I have fingers on my hands, uh, all from uh, encounters with those those experiences. Um, but what they were part of is, and what I'm trying to get across to you here, is that we have become so risk averse in society. We read every label, uh, we check out every threat, we take seriously every little thing that rises up to the extent where we have a culture of, that's driven by fear, uh, fear of just about everything, um, because we've lost the dare, is the point I'm making. And uh, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, in our minds, um, in our churches, we have lost the dare, okay? What would happen if you dared, okay? Today, 
What would happen if you dared? You said, but dared what? Well, that's not for me to decide. That's that's for you to go into the deep recesses of your heart and say, what would happen if I dared? Well, so this, this is what was in this thing, right? I'm just getting into the first few words. What would happen if you dared to let go? Now, there's another thing. Dared to let go. We are not good at letting go. We accumulate over our lifetime ideas, ideals, uh, strategies, ways of being, um, securities, identities, that that um, what they do is they give us a familiarity that, that creates a sense, a certain sense of security uh, within us. But, 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 but what has happened is that they're like baggage. You know, we pick up the baggage and uh, we don't want to let our baggage go, you know, because uh, uh, we, we give it a value beyond its real worth. Uh, what if we had a blank sheet? What if we started again? What would happen if you dared to let go? Dare you let go? What dare you let go of? I speak this as a church leader of, you know, senior pastor of 29 years and in ministry for 35 and all the accumulative stuff that comes with that, being raised in a, a church Christian home, all that comes with that. What would happen if you dared to let go of ideas and concepts and securities and and, and 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 beliefs that we have just absorbed and accepted because we were told what would happen if you dared to let go and here's what it says next releasing your grip on life <laughs> releasing your grip on life um i think we should get a grip of ourselves we should get a grip of life but sometimes our grip on life is preventing us ever going beyond the life that we have gripped and and many of us most of us i would probably say a great majority are not fully content with the life that we have gripped okay but but we white knuckled we get white knuckled we don't want to let go stuff you know what we believed how we got here what we've done how we do things uh, what we think is the way of our doing things and and, and we have a white knuckled grip on our life that means that that we can't dare we can't let go uh and so hey this is it dude this is <laughs> don't be surprised so what would happen if you dared to let go releasing your grip on life and placing it all dreams relationships and priorities into the hands of god i mean submitting them to something higher and bigger than yourself and saying, well, let's do that and see what happens. And, and here's where it got very personal to me. Um, sometimes in mountaineering, the climber must entirely release his grip on the rock. Now, now this is very poignant to me because at the time when I read this, we here in York, which is now Q Church, and Q York were were still the rock church and the rock of york so imagine for me as i'm reading this what would happen if you dared to let go releasing your grip on life placing in all dreams relationships and priorities into the hand of god because sometimes in mountaineering the climber must entirely release his grip on the rock now that threw me into all kinds of um thought processes was i supposed to resign leave give up quit was this it were we done and yet I have to admit, uh, 
that there had come a growing thing inside of me that that the great purpose that drove me to initiate our switch to the rock uh, so many years ago and and all that had been part of that was now to me to a great degree becoming pointless now you might say it shouldn't because it was worth so yes it was worth something in that context but but in the context of my own heart my own passion my whole being it was increasingly becoming pointless to me even my christian experience i have to admit was becoming pointless to me in the form that it was in 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 the in the state that it existed and so this challenge came to me particularly to say you know that sometimes in mountaineering the climber must entirely release his grip on the rock and fully commit his energy to the attainment of another ledge now i have to say for those who are interested, that's that's one of the driving factors that took us to to change our name and and some of our approach to uh, to Q Church in York and and uh, you know the whole idea of join the quest. Um, what it says next is 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 also very challenging. For it says, for a brief moment, he grasps nothing. So sometimes in mountaineering, the climber must entirely release his grip on the rock what you're holding on to and fully commit his energy to the attainment of another ledge. Girls can also climb, so don't take the his uh, as being too serious. For a brief moment, he grasps nothing. And this is a reality. When, when you, in mountaineering, commit your energy to the attainment of another ledge, for a brief moment, you grasp nothing. That is the scariest thing in life probably for me that moment where where you grasp nothing now you know I'm sure for a first world war soldier hearing the whistle and going out over the top of the trench was you know was way more scary and serious in that context than this but in the context of my life and probably your life and our lives today in the certain level of comfort we have where we can consider these things there is that brief moment where you grasp nothing. You've let go of one thing in order to grab another. What What if you don't get a hold of the new thing? What? What? See, all of those things are there, which is why the dare has to be present. But it's a risk he must take to move on to ascend. So here's the thing. If you want to move on and to ascend because you... Agree with me that, that that which is one's purpose has, purpose has now moved to pointless. Then you've got to release your grip, commit to attaining another ledge and understand that for a moment you will you will grasp nothing. But you must take that risk to move on and ascend. What I want you to understand about Jesus and people need to understand this. If you put him in his context and read him properly, Jesus was a subversive. Um, you dared to follow Jesus. Like you didn't do it just because you were bored on a lazy Sunday afternoon. Uh, or because you wanted to make sure that when you died, you went to heaven. All that kind of, you know, interjection that religious uh, evangelicalism has put into it and and uh, the development of Christianity and the distortion of certain things. You know, you dared to follow him because he went against the grain. The, the Jesus we're supposed to be following is the Jesus who goes against the grain, which means we go against the grain it, and, and it makes us a different kind of people. 
um, his greatest problem was with the church leaders more than the political overlords. And I'm sure if Jesus in the flesh were here as Jesus right now, that would still be his problem. But you think, oh, it can't be. Surely you'd have no problem with your hill songs and your, um, you know, and your, your willow creeks and your whatever. And I'm not being critical of them, but I'm saying, I don't know. Perhaps he would. Perhaps, perhaps in Q, perhaps in what was the rock. Perhaps in your church, whatever you call it, life church, new dimensions, whatever. But perhaps he would have the same problem with 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 the church leaders as he had then, because he was a subversive. That subversion comes from the Latin subverter, sub, subvertere, which which is from the word to overthrow, which is a word to overthrow. And it refers to a process by which the values and principles of a system in place are contradicted or reversed in an attempt to transform the established order and its structures of power, authority, hierarchy and norms. That was the subversive nature of Jesus and, um, and it's what takes the dare, it's what requires the dare in all of us. See, subversion is the opposite to conforming and yet we are much more comfortable with conforming than we are with being subversive in every form of life. Even if it's the church doctrine, we, we are much more likely to be conforming rather than subversive now i'm not saying we should create trouble or just be a pain in somebody's butt especially mine um but that subversiveness has to be there that that dare that challenge that that is the real essence of the spirit of what jesus was about see our curiosity must take precedence over our popularity otherwise we'll never take us it'll never take us further than others have already been and what we need is a great spirit of of curiosity, not what's the best way to uh, to endorse and increase our popularity. Because uh, I think our win is in the curiosity, not in the popularity. Otherwise, we just become another business with a business model and uh, a customer base. And we serve that and the subversive idea of this Jesus who comes in and challenges the whole thing. Uh, means that we never reach that place where we let go of the one to go for the other and take that risk. You know, Jesus introduced us to to another way of seeing everything, and 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 I guess that's that to me is is so important, and I want to try and live in that space. You, you have to be a heretic in the eyes of the powers that be in order to be subversive in a way that changes the familiar and the comfortable and the status quo. But who wants to be called a heretic? See, when when we go from purpose to pointless, so something happens in, in our behaviour. Our behaviour becomes professional rather than passionate. Now, what I mean by that is this, that, that, that rather than the passion for that subversive, um, that subversive changing, letting go, um, re-evaluating, re reasserting, all, all of that, what, what happens is that we begin to develop a professional approach to all of that. Now, I'm not saying that order and organisation and structure uh, are wrong or unnecessary, but I would have to say that, you know, again, and I'm speaking about my own, call it a profession if you wish. 
And there's an interesting word, a profession of ministry. Uh, I have encountered far too many professional pastors, leaders, managers, managing directors, uh, than I would like to admit myself. I have appreciated that when I have gone from purpose to pointless what kicks in is the professionality I can do this I can roll out of bed on the morning and do this any day of the week any time during the day I can roll out and do the thing and the truth is most most people in my position can roll out and do the thing uh, and preach the messages and and share the word and encourage the people and do whatever while while dying inside because what was purpose has 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 turned to has turned to pointless and that's where professionality kicks in and we can be compassionate about our professionality so we can have a passion for preserving the professionality that we have but actually the passion for purpose left a long time ago and now it's just business and business as usual what can also happen uh, when we go from uh, purpose to pointless is that is that we elevate performance over principle. So I struggle with this because um, I kind of know, and I'm going to speak to some of our Q people now, I kind of know what some of you would really love to have interjected into our journey at Q. I know how many, how many of you love certain ways of doing things and what it means to you and how it makes you feel, and I appreciate that, and I am I, sensitive to that. But, but my problem is, if I'm going to be a man of principle, um, I have to be willing to let go of the one thing, be in the place where for a moment you're hanging on to nothing in order to try and attain the next ledge. And in that process, um, if I did certain things, I could do them well, the performance would be top notch. But I would be elevating performance over principle because I don't believe the same about those things that I used to believe. Now, do I believe that that can attract a crowd? Yes. Do I believe that that can make some people feel comfortable and happy? Yes. But if I did them, would I be acting out of principle? The answer is no. So that becomes a question. Do you want a leader who has principle or do you want a leader who can who can um, elevate performance? so that we're happy with what's performed but meanwhile the principle goes to the wall see that's where you become a subversive that's where that's where you have to dare and i'm not particularly a brave man again just going back to the trenches in the first world war um i'd have probably got shot for desertion i don't know i mean who knows how you would respond getting up out of a trench and walking towards an enemy line where there's machine guns and and uh, rifles firing at you from all angles and uh, artillery shot. Oh, goodness knows what, you know, men dying and screaming around you. I, I, in that context, I don't think I'm a particularly brave man, but I'm trying to be a man of principle. I'm trying to be a leader of principle. And uh, in doing that, the, what scares me is that my curiosity in that has to take precedence over popularity if we're gonna go further. And uh, it costs what it costs, but I want to dare to be that. And and uh, I'd love some of you to feel that you can dare to be that with me and with us 
um, in the face of what it costs, which being subversive like Jesus, there's, there's always a cost because she's going to go against the grain. Um, in the Disney movie Moana, uh, it, it, it's a fascinating, there's a fascinating little point in there that I think brings this home. Uh, Moana lives on this, um, on this uh, Pacific island. And uh, the answer to the issues of the lack of fish, the, the, the challenges that they're facing on the island, Moana uh, knows that in order for their culture, their society, she's set to be the next leader. In order for them to go to the, the next ledge, in order for them to get higher, uh, that something is going to have to change. Um, the, the lesson is that what Moana sees is that island life island life not i-r-e-l-a-n-d to all my irish friends out there not ireland life but island life island life is what moana sees that we're stuck in island life and, and how many of us have become an island in our life we live an island life okay our little island that we live in and and, and she's aware of island life and what it refuses to address and because of it, it's become stale to Moana, much like much church stuff has become really stale to me. Uh, you know, purpose to pointless. And and um, in the in the movie, she sings this song, and I, I think it's great because it just reflects this this deeper part of me. This this is the words of this one part of the song. Um, because she's been told never to go beyond the reef. Her father has seen people die. He's seen shipwreck because people went beyond the, the reef which surrounds the island. And isn't that what usually happens? Don't go there. Don't go beyond the reef. It's dangerous beyond the reef. Stay confined. Stay restricted. Stay on your island. Who knows what will happen if you go out there. And, and so Moana being... being not accepting this staleness of the island life. This this is what she sings about, about the reef. If I go, there's no telling how far I'll go. I know everybody on this island seems so happy on this island. Everything is by design. Boy, this just, this just is church life to me. And, and I suppose normal cultural life. I know everybody on this island has a role on this island, so maybe I can roll with mine. See, there's the thing. Let's let's not dare. Let's just fit in. Let's just this. If this is what it is, let's just fit in. Let's do what we're supposed to do, uh, and be what we're supposed to be for everybody. Then you know, um, knowing that everybody on this island has a role on this island, so maybe I can roll with mine. I can lead with pride. I can make us strong. I'll be satisfied if I play along. Oh, this I know this for me. But the voice inside sings a different song. What is wrong with me? See, the issue is when the voice inside begins to sing a different song, the first thing that comes into the mind is, what is wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with you. Because it's when purpose has become pointless and it's supposed to feel that way so that you can move to a new place. See, fear affects all of us to some degree, me included. And the question, what will happen if we go beyond the reef? But know this, you'll never discover anything taking pleasure trips around your harbour. 
One of the great phrases that's challenged me for so long in my life has been a man is no discoverer who in his quest for new lands is afraid to lose sight of the shore. You'll never discover anything taking pleasure trips around your harbour. There's another great movie clip on uh, YouTube. I hope we can attach it to this. If not, we'll give you the link uh, or you can find it from here. And it's it's uh, it's from the movie Elizabeth, the one with um, Kate Blanchett. And the movie clip, if you go on YouTube, if you put in Elizabeth the Golden Age on YouTube, you'll find Elizabeth the Golden Age, the New World. Okay, Elizabeth the Golden Age, the New World on YouTube. And the clip is where Sir Walter Raleigh uh, describes to the Queen what it takes and what it's like to discover a new world. I pray that you'll push down the fear that can stop you going beyond the reef and, and discovering that new world. Uh, or even better, let love drive it out. You know, uh, John in, in, um, in, uh, in, in, in Third John says, or is it First John? I don't know, my brain's gone, gone, just gone frozen. But he says that uh, perfect love drives out fear. Love drives out fear. When you know that you're loved, when you accept that love, when you live in that love, when you know that your life is surrounded and saturated in the love that goes beyond you, that is eternal, that comes from, from the whole source of all things, from God himself, and you begin to let, let yourself love yourself and realise it's not over, that even though you may have gone from purpose to pointless, you can go from pointless to purpose again, just like we said about from hero to zero and back again, it can come back again. And, and I pray in this you'll push down the fear, but, but even better that you'll let love drive it out today. You are loved and you can love and you can love yourself and you can love where you are and where you're going and you love the idea that you go from purpose to pointless <coughs> because you know that love's going to carry you to something beyond that so I pray that you'll let love drive out and, and that you'll go from purpose to to pointless to purpose again um, one of the statements that the queen then makes to him is that Mr Raleigh do we find the new world or does the new world find us I think the new world finds us if we let it. Dare today. Be a person of dare. Press on, press forward. Accept that it's probably necessary that you went from purpose to pointless. But now understand that you can go back from pointless to purpose. And that your life can be enriched as the new world finds you. Love you and talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.